presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. This morning we'll talk about humility. We'll talk about faith before and now today we'll talk about humility. I was trying to, although we know about what humility is, but I tried to search in the net and the dictionary what humility means actually. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, humility means not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. Oh, and haughty means having or showing an attitude of superiority and contempt for people or things perceived to be inferior, assertive, having or showing a confidence, confident and forceful personality. And you know what? I humbly admit English not being my first language, the more I dig deeper into dictionary, the more words that <laughs> they find really, really not familiar to me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I dig deeper into the Merriam-Webster dictionary. But the good thing is, the Bible gives us a very good, short description about humility. And I found, we can find one in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And that's what we are talking to talk about. That's one in Philippians chapter 2. And verse 1, uh, Philippians is, as you know, it's a, a let, uh, Paul's letter, you know, Apostle Paul. It's his letter to the Christians in Philippi. So he just write a thank you note to the believers at Philippi for their help in his hour of need. And he uses the occasion to send along some instruction on Christian unity. unity. And one of those uh, main things is about humility. So this is uh, Paul's writing, and he said in verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, verse 2, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. And verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. And verse 4, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others, some says value of others. So I find this a very short description about humility. Central is in verse three: do nothing out of selfish ambition. It means getting rid of yourself, should I say? But rather in humility. Humility is um, value others above yourself. Some would say um, consider others. In some translations. Humility means consider others better than yourself. That's humility. It's something like thinking about, you're not thinking about yourself being high above anything else, but should be low, in loneliness of mind, some version would say. And that's humility. And he, he even stressed forward that humility is something that, that you're not looking to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Another version would say, to the benefits of others. 
and not to yourself. That's what I call in one word, servanthood. That's what are you doing this morning, brother Cooper? Thanks for that. <laughs> servanthood, humility and servanthood. We might say probably that verse 3 and verse 4 are two different things. Verse 3 is talking about humility. Verse 4 is talking about servanthood. But for me, or as the verses goes, you cannot do a real servanthood unless you've got humility. Am I correct? You have to humble yourself before you can serve or genuinely serve others. That's actually real servanthood if you have humility. That's it. Humble yourself and think about the benefits of others rather than the benefit of yourself. And that's humility. And thinking, thinking others better than yourself, yeah, and that's humility. That's a very good description in the word, in the Bible, about humility. I think it's better than Merriam-Webster Dictionary for me. <laughs> okay, next. Let's go about the examples who displays uh, humility according to the baser, uh, passages in Philippians. Just looking at the Philippians alone. There are heaps in the Bible about uh, heroes of faith, the men of God, men and women of God who displays humility. But let us take a look at in our passages today, in the book of Philippians, there are some uh, people here, a few people that uh, Paul emphasizes or gives an example about humility. The first one himself is, of course, Paul himself. You know Paul. I, don't, I think some of us know Apostle Paul. Who is Paul? Paul is like one of those uh, who committed his life just to look after others. For the benefits of others, he humbly, you know, put down himself. He faced persecutions. He faced probably uh, bashing there and there. <laughs> and he'd been imprisoned. He'd been, eventually he'd been put to death just because he served the church. He looked after the interest of others. Firstly, he served the Lord, of course. By that, he served the, the church. At least more than half if you would know, more than half the New Testament are attributed to the writings of Paul. That's how committed he is. That's how he looked after the benefits of others, just to encourage the church, to encourage everyone in their faith to continue with Christ. And he is full-time serving the Lord with that, and to the people as well. So that's Paul. And we can go ahead in the Philippians chapter 3. He mentioned this one. So, if anyone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence or to be boastful about in the flesh, he said, I have more. He'd been circumcised in the eighth day of the people of Israel. He belongs to the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin means the tribe where the priesthood of Jesus, of God, is uh, coming from. A Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, that was Paul before he was converted. As for righteousness based on law, faultless, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. That's Paul, his smart kid, <laughs> cream of the crop, something like that. With regards to law, about the law of the land, of the law of the, the Pharisees before 
is faultless. He followed it to the, to the letter. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees. I mean, Hebrew of Hebrews. I mean, chosen of the chosen. Something like that. Cream of the crop. But what he said, he said, but whatever against me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. He humbled himself just for the, for the, for the sake of Christ. And he humbled himself just to serve others as well. That's it. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing work of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I'll have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He humbled himself for the sake of the Lord, for the Lord, and also for serving others. That's Paul. Our second example, according to the passage, is the next one, example number two, is Timothy. So we know Timothy is one of his, uh, Paul's, what we call that, um, followers. So we can find that in verses 19-23, and I would read that passage, but I trust you in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things for which are of Christ. But you know his proven character, that as a son, with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So emphasizing verse 20, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. That actually servanthood as well. And we know servanthood is a display of humility as well. So Timothy is our second example who looks after the benefits of others or for the welfare of others above himself actually. The, second, the third example is Epaphroditus. Ditus or Ditus, I don't know. Epaphroditus, should I say. <laughs> so that's in verse 25 to 30. And let's emphasize on verse 30. He, because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up for the help you yourself could not give me. So it's something like Epaphroditus is looking after the needs of Paul, being a missionary of Christ. And he almost died for that, just by serving others above himself. He almost died in serving others and Christ as well. So that's Epaphroditus, our second example. A display of humility and servanthood. The third one in our verse, uh, number four, example, is of course of our Lord Jesus Christ, which you can find in verses 5 to 11. I just wrote all the verses here because they're really a good emphasis to us. Jesus Christ is a very good example about humility and servanthood. It's been displayed here. In, our, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Verse 6, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God that something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death 
to the cross. So we know that Jesus Christ is God, but it's something when we came here, it's something that someone would grasp like a God. But instead, what did he did? He came here not to be served, but to serve. But before doing that, he humbled himself, make himself like an appearance, as appearance of a man, just like us. He humbled himself to, to what we call, um, to identify himself with other people. He feel the same pain as we do, the same emotional feeling as we do. He humbled himself like that. But he is God, but he humbled himself. Uh, taking a form of a human being. And, and what did he do? He served you, he served us. He came not to be served, but to serve. And he became obedient even death on the cross for your sake and my sake. He died on the cross just to save us. That's humility, actually. If God humbled himself for the benefit of others, how much do we? How much more for us? Okay? So that's uh, Paul's encouragement to the church that day and even today. That's his message of humility and servanthood. Yeah, because uh, as I have said, you cannot serve genuinely if you don't have humility. Humility comes first, I believe, before real service or servanthood. Amen for that. Say amen. Do you agree? <laughs> so those are the four examples. But there is one thing that I would like to... There's another one example. It's not the here in our passage. But I think it's very... It's very right and very, what we call that, um, the good time to talk about it. The one who displays humility and servanthood. And that's the last slide in my passage over there. I think we should give credit to that. Um, these are some of the verses. Another one, if you have time in your, yeah. These are just few of the verses that um, talk about humility and being humble. Uh, if you got time in your, your quiet time, just read it at, at home. And there's another one there. Yeah. But I would like to talk about the last example of humility. And I think it's timely for today. And those are for the mothers today. Yeah. So let's talk about the mothers. I know... Um, just want to um, to tell you a story. This is a Troy story that happens to me actually that I witnessed when I was still single. When I came from 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 a dinner with friends back there in the Philippines in Iligan City, so I was driving my dad's car going back home, and then all of a sudden it was dark. It was at night time. All of a sudden, I saw two two men there, young men, young blocks, probably around mid twenties or early twenties. So they throw a stone at my windshield and it broke. Yeah, so I stop. I tried to look after them, but they keep on throwing stones to me. So <laughs> I just uh, continued driving and went to the uh, police station. And then, while in the police station, another car arrived. 
also with a smashed windshield. So we reported that to police, short sto um, long story short, we went to the police station, went to the police, and we were all able to catch the guy, a young bloke, a young man. So later on, I will report know, filing the complaints, etc., doing the works, paperwork, everything. Uh, the mother came. The mother came. And you know what? So some of the policemen there, even the even some of the other victim, victim as well, uh, ridiculed the, the mother and the boy, actually. And even the chief of the police said, oh, this happened because of you being a bad example of parent. You don't look after your kid, blah, blah, blah. He told about that things. That's what really happened. But I don't know. I just probably being soft. I didn't feel any anger anymore during that time. Because what I saw with the mother, I, I don't know if it's wrong or not, but what I saw, he, she tried everything to defend, to defend his child, his, his son. He tried to defend that, uh, I don't know, he tried everything, almost every word, trying to make his son innocent or to get away with that, we call that, with that incident. That's what the mother does. So except for me for being angry, what I felt is really, I felt pity for that situation for both mom and that child. Uh, I felt pity why they come in that, that awkward situation, actually. And I really don't feel any anger as well at the, at the mother. But instead, I admired her, actually, because of everything was going on, his sentiment, his care, he tried to defend his son. I don't know if it's right or wrong. It's up to you to decide. If he's right to defend here, um, uh, to defend his child, his son, of the wrongdoing that he does. But what I see is the attitude of the mother, actually. His motherly attitude towards his son that he tried to, to she tried everything just to, you know, to protect, should I say that word, to protect his son. So, but that, that um, particular, what we call that um, um, case did not go on anyway. So that's what I saw, actually. That's a motherly feeling that I really don't comprehend. I don't know if you agree with me. Something that mothers that they have endured. There's one incident as well, the second one. It's personally happened to me at the Jaida. Uh, Erlene, our, my daughter, our second child, was still a baby. She was, I think, three months or younger. And then Jaida had a heartburn. During that time, it was nighttime. He had a that she, she can't hardly breathe. So we're somewhat panicking. We call our neighbors. And then I told Jada, we have to go to the hospital so that, yeah, so that they continue to check what's going wrong with you. And she just cried. It was the first time, and the first time ever that I saw my wife crying with tears, really in tears. Yes, Dad, but what about Erlene? That's what, that's 
was his reaction. What about Erlin? Erlin was baby at the time. Although we got neighbors, for me, it's nothing. We can left our kids and we drive in Jaida to hospital. Simple as that. And our kids can look after. And our neighbors can look after the kids. And Erlin. But Jaida was crying. What about Erlin? <laughs> for me, I'm just being practical, you know. I can love the kids with my with our neighbors. But Jaida felt this differently with that. He was really very concerned about the kids and especially Erlin who was was still a baby. And no. So it's something about mothers really. Ah, dads don't get me wrong, okay? <laughs> Fathers don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that we don't we don't care about our kids. Of course we do. At the same level with the mothers? Of course, I'm quite sure. I, I take care of my kids at the same level as, as my wife does. But there's something about the mothers. I don't know. God put in them that it's about having an extra care for the kids that we don't understand at all. I can't understand it, but it's just the nature of the mothers that really took care about the children. It's really a good example of servanthood, actually. Humility and servanthood. They, didn't, they don't look after themselves, but they put their kids above that. Do you agree with me, moms? That you put your kids above yourselves. Do you agree with me? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, humble and being uh, yeah, and humility. With humility comes with that's a genuine or real servanthood comes right. That's it. It's something that you don't receive pay for that. <laughs> You're taking care of them twenty four seven, something like that. Every needs, every inch of what they need, taking care of them from bed to bed. Yeah, twenty four seven. Yeah. That's a great work. Big job for you. You didn't. You, you didn't receive any pay for that. But you know what? Resignation is impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it. So it's a good thing for us to remember and to honor our mothers today in this Mother's Day. But probably not just on Mother's Day. I think every day. Our moms deserve to be, you know, praised, should I say, commended for what they're doing in the family, and especially for the kids. Amen. So I would just request for the mothers, for the mothers to be, should I say, <laughs> that we stand up. We just say uh, a short prayer for you, for me. Just for just just to stand to where you are. You don't need to come here in front, at the front. So we just, yeah, just for the um, I feel in my heart that we really need to, just for, for all the moms, yeah, <laughs> for all the moms. So if you are a kid with your mom here as well, yeah, look at them. And after the service, yeah, hug them and kiss them and tell them, thank you, mom, for being a mom. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just. I mean, hallelujah, praise God for that. So, just, 
just pray for these moms. Okay. Father God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for being too good to us. We praise you, Lord, for giving us moms who really took care of us. Thank you, Lord, for the gift, the talent, the compassion, and everything, Lord God, that you have given to the moms to take care of their children, Lord God, for a child like me. We thank you, Lord, for being good to them. Thank you for giving them strength. Thank you for guiding them as well, Lord God, how to lead the family, to tend the family, and to take care of the kids as well, or generally being a mom in the family. We thank you, Lord, for this gift. We thank you, Lord, for them. And, Lord, we just continue to pray for them as they go over there their lives, Lord, we pray that you will continue to give them strength, guide them, Lord God, in every decision-making they have to make in the family, Lord. We pray that you will teach them, Lord, and guide them. And above all, Lord God, thank you for your love, and thank you for the love that you've given to the mothers as well, Lord God. Uh, yes, Lord, words are not enough to explain how they displayed their compassion and love to the family, but Lord, we thank you, Lord, for them. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.